Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. should we be standing on our feet before we actually sit down, prop them up and give them some break? Well, I mean, with the 12 hours a day that nurses usually wear, I mean, it's definitely less than 12 hours. I can tell you that much. But anytime I, people ask me that question, I'm always like, well, what's your activity? Like you can probably stand and walk for eight hours a day and without having to kick up your feet or anytime. But if you're running, if you're lifting, if you're carrying extra weight, you can't do that for extended periods of time and think that your feet are going to hold up. So it definitely depends on the activity and the type of shoes that you're wearing in order for me to kind of give you a ballpark of how long you should be on your feet. But for nurses in general, I know if you're, if you're wearing good supportive tennis shoes with arch supports, or if you're wearing a shoe like a, like a dance go that's really good with supportive shoes, you can stand about eight hours a day. Do I recommend it? Probably not. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about everything and anything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer here at Nurse.org. And that sounds really fancy. I like the accolades and the titles, but... Don't get it twisted. I'm still running in the ER and the ICU and I'm on my feet all day ripping and running. And as you guys know, a day in the life of a nurse requires many long hours of standing, walking, lifting, which can cause stress on our lower extremities, especially our feet. And in fact, studies have found that most nurses take at least 9,000 steps per shift with other research showing that some of the most common foot problems that nurses have are corns, calluses, some deformities. I don't know, maybe you got some bunions. I've had them. I'm complete transparency. Don't judge me. I had them fixed though. <laughs> and some foot pain. Regardless if you have high or low arch uh, foot types, these things can happen to you. Not to mention, you know, some of my colleagues have had issues with varicose veins, leg swelling, you know, being on your feet all day. But to avoid these work-related health and foot problems, it's important for us nurses to take proper care of our feet. So guys, I have brought one of my super duper Wonder Woman colleagues to the podcast today. I'm really excited. She's here to talk with us about how we can best take care of our feet and debunk some myths that we may have around care, how we can better care for our feet. So please welcome to the show, board certified ankle and foot surgeon. And by the way, she is the co-host of the hit TLC show, My Feet Are Killing Me. Please welcome Dr. Ebony Vincent. Hello, hello. It's always good to see you. Oh, it's so nice to see you. I love watching you on TV. And then the feet you guys see, I know they're they're unlike any other feet that I've seen sometimes before either. So <laughs> I know you probably see a lot of things, Doctor Ebony. I know and love you, but for those who may be new to you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why feet? So I'm Doctor Ebony uh, or Doctor Vincent, as my most of my patients call me on a daily basis, and I'm a podiatrist, which is also known as a foot and ankle surgeon why feet? <laughs> I'm just kind of like, why not? But um, I've always been involved myself with athletics and I wanted to do like sports medicine. And basically that's kind of what 
drove me into the field of podiatry because I can do a lot of sports medicine, a lot of surgery, and I can focus on the foot and ankle. There's a lot of sports medicine, but there's also like our other patients who have like other illnesses like diabetes, like we have to serve um, that population as well. And what I love about the field of podiatry is that it always, you know, keeps you on your toes, so to speak, because like no, nothing is routine. Everything that comes in the door is, has some level of uniqueness. And so I can be creative and I can um, be very specific when it comes to my tactile skills. And overall, the, the profession really does fit my personality and it, it plays to my strengths. So I'm, I'm super happy that I found the field. So Dr. Emmy, most of the people who are listening to the podcast are nurses, but we have some pre-nursing, we have some physicians and, you know, radiology techs, MAs, you know, a lot of different uh, people in the healthcare profession. And then we have some folks who are not, and they're just friends, friends of nurses and they're listening in. So I have a couple questions when it comes to our feet, because I'm not sure that we put it in the forefront of our minds as much as we should. And I don't know why we're on our feet all day. Like it's responsible for holding us up, but I don't think that we're looking at them all the time. Nobody does. The feet are seriously the most neglected portions of our body, but they're oftentimes I would consider them the most important. Like if you have foot pain, your first couple steps to the bathroom to brush your teeth in the morning are just going to be excruciating. And then therein, the rest of your day is going to be really difficult. So I do think people don't pay attention to their feet, but they definitely should, especially in nursing and other medical professions, because not only are you on your feet all day, but you are responsible for helping other patients. And I see nurses a lot, like all the time, like for common foot issues. And I, my common question to them is like, are you supposed to be lifting people? Like, are you turning people over in beds? Are you, you know, responsible for the whole body weight of another individual? Like, you have to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you won't be able to take care of anybody else. And your feet are, are basically, you know, the foundation. Because we are nurses and, you know, for what I do, I'm in the ER or the ICU. So I'm literally responsible many times for someone's entire body weight, turning, twisting, flipping, whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm responsible for that. So, And I'm on my feet all the time. And sometimes standing in very awkward positions to help meet the patient's needs. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example... Uh, we're in the emergency room and there's a code blue, you know, we're assembling around the patient and we're just trying to get things done. We're not always thinking about our body posture or how we're standing or leaning and things like that. But I can tell you at the end of the day, I just want to kick my feet up. I'm just like, Oh Lord. So so I want to know how long should we be standing on our feet before we actually sit down, prop them up and give them some break? Well, I mean, with the 12 hours a day that nurses usually wear, I mean, it's definitely less than 12 hours. I can tell you that much. But anytime I, people ask me that question, I'm always like, well, what's your activity? Like you can probably stand and walk for eight hours a day and without having to kick up your feet or any time. But if you're running, if you're lifting, if you're carrying extra weight, you can't do that for extended periods of time and think that your feet are going to hold up. So it definitely depends on the activity and the type of shoes that you're wearing in order for me to kind of give you a ballpark of how long you should be on your feet. But for nurses in general, I know if you're if you're wearing good supportive tennis shoes with arch supports or if you're wearing a shoe like a like a dance go that's really good with supportive shoes, you can stand about 8 hours a day. Do I recommend it? Probably not. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's what the doctor ordered, guys. So we need to go back to our our respective uh, units and talk to our leadership about having foot breaks. 
We should have foot breaks. You, you need a break. I mean, I feel like every other job has breaks. Like I know that, you know, our staff members, they get at least a few 10, 15, 20 minute breaks on a daily basis. And I, I know that I'm working through all of those breaks. I know nurses are working through all of those breaks too. And we, we deserve, we deserve some breaks as well. So you have to take it when you can. Yes. And sometimes we just really need to take it. I mean, have someone cover you guys, because this is really important. We don't talk about our feet or take care of our feet the way that we should. And it's really something that we need to look at before there's an issue. So what are some common red flags for foot or leg issues that we should be on the lookout for? And then maybe go into how we can prevent some of those things. Probably the number one thing that nurses specifically come in for is plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis is basically a swollen ligament on the bottom of your heel bone. And it's really excruciating. You're supposed to have like a nice limber, like flexible kind of uh, plantar fascial band. If it gets swollen, it gets really tight. And then all of your weight on that plantar fascial band can cause some micro tearing, which is really, really painful. Once you kind of get moving, it loosens up. But as soon as you take a break and sit down and you stand back up again, it's rinse and repeat. I've served nurses for a long time and all of them at some point have plantar fasciitis and nobody's safe from it. Even if you wear like the best shoes, it really does depend on the amount of activity you're doing and also what you're doing to cause your foot to kind of get thrown into that inflammatory state. So it's important, you know, in order to get rid of plantar fasciitis, you have to basically ice and stretch and Make sure you take some anti-inflammatories. Sometimes it requires a cortisone injection or other, you know, injection or something like that. But then also probably change in shoe gear or an increase in the in the amount of fat pad that you're having on the heel itself. Plantar fasciitis is the number one thing. Bunions is another thing. That's a huge deal because bunions over time will cause a lot of arthritis in the big toes. And not only that, it's, it's not stable. Your, your whole midfoot is not stable. So imagine, you know, 12 hours a day on an unstable construct, like that over time is eventually going to hurt. You know, bunions and plantar fasciitis are the biggest things. And then arthritis of the toes, hammer toes, corns, little things like a corn on the fifth toe can really take you out. <laughs> Especially, that little thing can do a lot of damage. Can it? Thing can do a lot of damage, especially because it's like you have to, you have to stand on it, you have to wear your shoes, and then you have to work, go to work. And like that consistent friction is literally like you know excruciating. So I would say those are the top three. Now I don't know about you, but myself, ever since that movie Boomerang, I don't. For those that know, you know. Okay, but ever since the movie Boomerang, when Eddie Murphy pulls the sheets back and shows the ladies' toes, and you know, they weren't the most favorable toes, looked like she needed to see you. Um, but ever since then, people have been very, very self conscious about their feet. And look, I, I admitted I've had a, a bunion, a hammer toe, and I've had corns. I saw a podiatrist, I had them taken care of because my feet were hurting. But my toes are cute, so I'm a, I'll post a picture so you can see them now. But they weren't so cute before when I was going through all this. But I have to say, Dr. Ebony, that I actually kind of delayed getting some care because I thought, oh, it's because I'm on my feet. If I just rest more, it'll be okay. And then honestly, even though you're the doctor and I'm supposed to see you for these things, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because I'm like, I'm all super you know, cute up here. have embarrassment for the feet. I don't know why that is. Like if, if something's wrong, like if I have a, like an ear infection or something, I'm not going to be embarrassed. Or if I have like, you know, something else wrong with my body, I'm literally going to just tell it all to the doctor. But for whatever reason, 
people are like apologetic when they come in to see me. It's like kind of weird. They're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what are you sorry for? (laughs) And it's kind of funny, but people do have that embarrassment for the fee. And I think it's because they know that they haven't really paid attention to them and that they known that something has been going on for a long time. And they're apologizing for basically not addressing it sooner. So I think that may that might have been you. It might have been me. Yes, because I would make sure I'm like, let me make sure my I'm not they're not ashy. Right. Put some lotion on them. Oh my god, my clean right. socks, and then my feet don't stink. But that's uh, another. Right. Thing. Well, good. But then the other part of that though is that there's horror stories out there about foot surgery and you know problems with your feet, and it's not all non warranted. I mean, if you think about it, like the foot is the furthest thing away from your heart. It takes the longest for the blood to reach this area of the foot that you're correcting. So it does take quite a while for the foot to heal. And then once it heals, it's going to take quite a while for it to be 100% normal or actually effective. So, you know, people come to me all the time, like afraid of to, to do a bunion surgery because they heard a friend of a friend had one and it was the worst experience and it was so painful. And I had to take all this time off and I couldn't wait, bear weight. And it, it does sound awful. Like I'm listening to their stories and I'm like, well, it does sound pretty terrible. Thankfully, you know, because of technology and new medical interventions and things of that nature, it's no longer like this whole dire circumstance. So I don't think you need to be ashamed and I don't think you need to be afraid. <laughs> you just got to come in and get some information. Yes. And I, I think that's so important. And something recently is Deion Sanders. I'm not exactly sure of his whole story, but I know it sounds like he had some form of leg or foot surgery that was complicated and had to have two of his toes amputated. So, right. And so I know that is not something that's, you know, that's a really tough story. I I couldn't imagine, you know, losing anything, a finger, a toe. But as you mentioned, your feet are the farthest thing from your body. So perfusion and those type of things are important to take notice of. So we talked about maybe some things that are obviously maybe deformed or visual that we can see. Are there any other things that maybe aren't as so um, clear to the naked eye that might be issues brewing? Yeah. So there's a lot of issues that can manifest in the feet first that are actually more systemic problems. Uh, For instance, there was a woman who came to me who thought she had an ingrowing toenail and she was just like, no, my toe, my toenail is really killing me. You just got to take it out. And I'm doing the entire foot exam on her and I'm noticing she doesn't have any pulses. Like she doesn't have blood flow to her feet and her nail was not ingrown. It was just, she was having a lot of micro and macrovascular disease and disorder to the point where her foot was killing her. Like, and, and so I ended up sending her to a vascular doctor only to find out she had like a 75% like occlusion of her vessel. So like there was nothing getting down to her, her foot. I mean, obviously she had other complications in order for her to get into that state, but you don't know that. Like you're, if you're not in the medical field, you're not, you're not aware enough to say like, oh, this is my problem. I need to go to a vascular surgeon, not a podiatrist, you know, but I'm glad that she came because then we can set her up with all of the different specialists that she needs to take care of everything. So there's that. And then people sometimes come with, you know, abnormal swelling, like in both of their legs. And they were like, just doctor, just get, get rid of the swelling. And my conversation to them is, okay, well, we have to check out your heart because the reason why you have all this swelling could be because your heart's not circulating things correctly. And if I just push the fluid back up to a heart that's not circulating correctly, I could throw you into a really bad situation with your heart. So 
we got to go see the cardiologist, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of things that can manifest in the feet first that you definitely should pay attention to, definitely see your podiatrist for. Oftentimes we can be a team member of a larger part of the medical profession that helps you with your, your issues. Nurses, I really want you to pay attention to this. So when you're doing your assessment, maybe you're, I don't know, your patient's there for, they had some type of shoulder surgery, but you know, as you're doing your head to toe assessment, don't ignore the feet. Okay, if you see swelling down there, some discoloration, maybe there's not, you know, the hair distribution is very sparse um, or it's, you know, unilaterally different. Those type of things, you definitely want to alert physician to let them know that, hey, I think there's something else going on here. Because although they may have done the surgery for the shoulder, there's a bigger issue that we need to look at. And you don't want to ignore those things. You know, you just may save your patient's life by identifying a foot issue. Now, I know it's going to sound silly. They're going to be like, I'm a shoulder surgeon. Why are you talking? Talk, talk. It's the foot. It's okay. You know, but, right. but the foot is very important. As Dr. Ebony is, has is shared with us, there are so many health issues that could present primary, you know, we can discover by looking at the feet and doing a great assessment. So right. what about stockings? Like the Ted Ho stockings, we put them on patients when they're going for surgery, but what about us as health professionals who are standing on our feet all day? Should we be wearing those? Should we not be wearing those? I think it's a great preventative method to wear compression stockings for sure, Um, especially if you're standing all day. The reason why is because your veins, they have valves and they push the blood flow like back up to the heart where it needs to go. When you're standing, gravity can take such a toll on those valves and sometimes the valves, they don't work. And so the blood pools down in there, (laughs) you know, and that's why when women you know, who are older and they've done like a lot of nursing and other jobs standing and working, they have varicose veins or spider veins, or, you know, there's very unsightly like veins that are just like pooling with blood. So I think the compression hose are definitely worth the buy and the, the wear when you're standing for long hours. I personally wear compression socks sometimes in surgery. When I have long cases, I'm just like, let me just put these on up because I'm not trying to Trying to have sexy legs when I'm 70. You know what I mean? There you go. And by the way, you wear cute socks. I've seen your Instagram post. You need your, your own sock line. I would buy them. You would? Okay. Yes, I would. Um, so let me ask about some other things. Because some people will say, oh, I go get a pedicure once a week or every two weeks. That's I'm, 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 that's enough self-care. What Are there things that we should be doing or not doing as far as care? Like getting a pedicure. Should we be? Yeah. Is that okay? Should we be leery? Yeah, no, I think a pedicure is a great way to start, but you definitely have to be cognizant of the harm that it could do. A lot of times people come after going to the pedicurist and saying like, now I have an ingrown toenail, now I have a fungus, you know, so you definitely have to be cognizant of where you're going and how they're trimming your nails. Personally, I would just, you know, make sure everything is completely sanitary. I go where I go to get my nails done. My lady, she throws away everything at the end of my appointment. So I know everything that she's using is new on me. (laughs) So I don't have to really worry about a fungus. And then also, you know, sometimes when they're cutting the nails and they're trying to dig out your ingrown, don't let them do that. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Um, Anytime like someone tells me like, oh yeah, I go to the pedicures and they dig out my ingrown every every month or so. I'm like, no, (laughs) like come back no, Because you're basically you know, training the nail to grow inwards. What you need to do is cut it straight. Like don't dig because you're opening up the skin and then the nail thinks it's supposed to grow down in there. So pedicures are a great way to do self-care because they do, you know, help you 
clean your feet, help with callus debridement, help with moisturizing, help with nail care. All of those are a a great way to start for self-care, but you shouldn't end there. Like you really do need to take care of your feet every day. Apply moisturizer once in the morning and once at night. Make sure that you are trimming your toenails. If you don't go to the pedicure salon, make sure you're cutting your own nails, but not too short. Make sure you're actually drying them off and after the shower, because if your feet with you know hold on to moisture, it's a good recipe for fungus too. So daily care is necessary. Monthly care is preferred. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so duly noted. And while the polish is off, make sure you look at your, your nail beds too. I think there's like melanoma yeah. or certain things that we can see in the nail bed. And you want to know if you have fungus down there. So, which leads to my next question. Right. Is nail fungus a medical concern? And the re- oh, let me say this. Let me back. Yeah. Let, me, let me support this <laughs> statement, guys. The reason why I say that is because almost every patient, a good majority of patients that I've seen have nail fungus when they come in. So it's almost like when you see it a lot, it comes normalized. Or people will think, oh, it's a part of natural aging or like that that thickened calloused nail. I don't know even know if that's how you're supposed to describe, but it looks very thick. It looks like um Dr. I mean you may you probably know what yeah, I'm talking looks like about. A big old, like, I don't know, a shell of a snail or something. Yes. Yeah. It looks yes. really, looks really yeah. bad. So no, it's not normal. It's not something that's an emergency either, though. So usually when people have nail fungus, it's because they have withheld moisture in the nail bed for such a long time. But a fungus, if you think of like a mushroom. You know, you see mushrooms like randomly in grass and meadows or wherever in, in nature. That's that's how they grow. They grow with moisture, with humidity, with heat and darkness. Like you probably, if you have a small fungus, just air out your feet, make sure they're dry. You can apply a topical antifungal and it should go away. Like what you see sometimes in people who have like severe nail fungus is they haven't washed their feet they you know moisture retention sometimes people unfortunately genetically just has a have a predisposition to just sweat in their feet so no matter how much airing out you do sometimes they're just have like prone to keep getting a fungus but in general like self-care on a daily basis of your feet can prevent that so (laughs) some people maybe have sweatier feet than others is that well i guess they don't always smell but Oftentimes, sweaty feet smell. So (laughs) is that just the fungus or what is that? I mean, is it a problem? It's a combination of things. It's a a combination of the oils and stuff that you accumulate in your body. And it's also the fungus itself. Like it can, it's, it's growing, it's a growth on you. So it does um, kind of create its own kind of, kind of smell. So, yeah, I mean, usually if I'm diagnosing and treating a fungus, I do tackle both the uh, appearance the actual fungus and the odor. So okay. you definitely want to tackle all three. If the shoe stinks, should we throw away the shoe? Is the shoe like it's run its course? It can. Yeah. Well, it's, it can house the fungus. So you definitely want to wash the shoes, you know, like leave them out to dry. If the shoe was old, just throw the whole shoe away and get some new ones. If you can't get new ones, you definitely need to make sure that like you're washing the shoes. And then every day you can, you can spray them with like uh, antifungal spray or even like a, like Lysol will help, you know, something to just air them out. We're usually putting our feet back into the shoes every what, eight hours, every eight to 12 hours. But it takes like regular air and sunlight, like a period of 24 hours to get rid of any of the fungus that's living inside of there. So it's just, it's not matching up. (laughs) You need to air out your feet. 
Well, that's important. I just thought of a simple thing that I can do more often. Not that I wear my shoes all the time, but when I get home, I don't take my shoes off right away. And I probably should kick those bad boys off immediately and let the toes breathe. Kick them off. Get some nice like house shoes or something that you feel comfortable walking around in until like you are done doing like your house chores or whatever. But yeah, Mm -hmm. kick those work shoes off and just do something else. It's good for your pressure to be redistributed too. So good and speaking of pressure we didn't get into it but the stilettos and the you know because we work a long day at work and then it's like hey happy hour or whatever and then we throw on the high heels and we're another couple hours of damage to our feet right how long can we wear the high heels like that before they start to we're doing listen i am i'm not gonna say how long you can wear heels because i can only wear heels for a good hour standing up okay that's my limit i wear heels often but i always have a pair of flats on me I usually am walking, taking pictures, and then sitting down in my heels. (laughs) And that's all I've got to give. The heels really do put pressure like on the ball of the foot. And then that can cause like a neuroma, which is like swollen nerves in your feet. It can cause stress fractures at the very most, you know, it could just cause some bruising. It's all bad news. If, if some, some women, you know, they're, they tell me like, oh, well, I'm a high heel person. Like, I feel like flats are uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, I guess your feet are just used to trauma because I don't see how, <laughs> I don't see how that that's comfortable, but okay. Just limit your time in high heels. And there's high heel shoes out nowadays that are, I'm not going to say podiatry approved, but podiatry accepted, podiatry friendly high heel shoes. I think that there are multiple brands out there now that you could wear and it'd be a lot more safe. Okay. That's good to know. And another moment of transparency. I've definitely bruised these toes. I, sometimes I've just felt numb. Like I take off my shoes. I come home like, oh my God, like, did I cut off circulation? Well, I can't feel them. And it takes a couple of minutes for the sensation to come back. Now I was cute. But listen, I want to keep my toes and keep them healthy for a long period of time. So I'm like, no more of that. And I'm with you on having the flat roll-ups that go in your purse. That right. You put on. Do something. <laughs> we asked you a lot of questions. These are probably some of the similar questions that you get asked by patients and then on your show. So, I mean, let's talk to us a little bit more about also what you're doing with your show. I understand there's a book in the works or things like that. So tell us, we want all the deets, all the tea, spill it. Right. Well, the tea that I can share is that we are coming back on TV soon. I can't tell you the date, but just know it's very soon. People won't have to wait too much longer. On the show this time is just a lot of interesting things. There's some people that you've seen in the past from season three that we weren't able to get all their story packed into one episode. So there's a part two, so I'm excited to see how they're going to kind of, you know, revisit that that episode. All of them are amazing surgeries that um, I feel have a wonderful outcome. I think season four is going to be my favorite season so far, so I'm excited about that. And then, um, yeah, so me personally, you know, because I've been, you know, so engrossed into the field of podiatry, I've kind of recognized certain needs of my patients and stuff. And so I am creating a product and I'm creating a book. So that's not ready yet. It will be out soon, but it's going to basically tackle a lot of your most common foot problems. Some of the things we've talked about today in just like a really brief form. And um, so that way, you know, if someone's confused about what they might have, you can kind of have access to something that can be kind of a guideline 
definitely not a substitute for going to see your actual podiatrist, but definitely serve as a guideline to get you where um, you need to be in terms of your mindset. And then I, I can't wait to to talk to you once it's out about my product line because it's going to be exciting. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. Can you imagine? help a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Can, can you imagine having a Dr. Ebony on your shelf that you can just reach out to and get some quick tips, before, you know, and then a gentle reminder to make sure you see your doctor afterwards, but at least answer some of those, you know, uh, yeah, questions just, that people have. There's entire like Facebook groups and things of that nature from, from people who had foot problems, but are giving advice to people who probably don't know if I could be a resource to kind of get guide people in the right direction. I think that that's, that's my goal with this. So we'll see. We'll see how it all yes. turns out, but I'm excited for it for sure. Yes, I'm excited for it too. And I'd like to hand this book off to a couple, almost every one of these patients that comes in because I see their feet, but you know, the feet are very much just as important as the heart. I mean, as for all of the reasons that Dr. Ebony said, and I'm not the expert go-to person for that. So refer them to your podiatrist, tell them to go, look, do you know Dr. Ebony? That's what you need to say to your patients. Do you know Dr. Ebony? Follow her, watch her on TV. And oh, by the way, she has a book coming out soon, so we got to get it. But I just say that because also you're so approachable and you make wanting to learn and understand more about your feet. It's not like I'm going anywhere. I'm not feeling lecture. Yes. <laughs> you, feel, you feel like you can really tell Dr. Ebony what's going on with your feet. Right. Like a, there's a level of trust and comfort that they can, Thank you know, that you, that that. you yeah. convey. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of people, they come thinking that I'm just going to have this ultimatum, like, okay, you have to do this, otherwise you're doomed, you know? <laughs> but that's right. really not the case. You know, there's different there's different treatment modalities to fit people's lifestyle. I just need to know what that is and how we can kind of, kind of you know, rectify it. So Exactly. So you can keep it real with Dr. Ebony, guys. Really? <laughs> okay. So Dr. We thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. I know you, you talked, we talked about our show an upcoming book guys. Can't wait for that to come, come out. Um, we'll all support you when that comes out, but for now, where can people follow you or get in touch with you? Um, those type of things. Right. So I am on Instagram on Dr. Ebony. It's dr. E B O N I E. Um, I'm also on TikTok. This is a recent venture of mine. Okay. I'm Dr. Ebony Vincent on TikTok. <laughs> you can see like my daily socks that I post and other weird things. Let's see. I'm on, I have a YouTube channel, Dr. Ebony Vincent as well, and Facebook. So all, right. all of it's Dr. Ebony. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. I have a Snapchat, but I'm not going to lie. I'm never on Snapchat, but maybe <laughs> if I, if I try, I don't know. <laughs> Well, guys, there you have it. We've had the beautiful, the lovely, the intelligent, the amazing Dr. Ebony on the show. So make sure to check her out, follow her, make sure to watch the show. My feet are killing me, which by the way, every one of you have probably said it's some, sometime this week with your, no, we've said it this week. We might've said it a couple times today, quite honestly, but, um, (laughs) so, uh, this is definitely an episode that you'll want to share with your friends, your colleagues, your classmates, your coworkers, and all of those things. And even people, you know, your neighbor, this is a topic that's not just for nurses, or other med- health or medical professionals, but for the general public, everyone needs to know, and this is an opportunity to teach, you know, our fellow neighbors about how to better take care of their feet. So I am Nurse Alice. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to rate, review uh, the podcast. Let us know what else you want to hear. You can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. And hey, I enjoy doing what I do, and I love talking to y'all. So um, until next time, guys, be kind to one another, make good choices, 
and take care of your feet. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.